I don't, even, I don't even actually remember it, to be honest. You need to actually fill in the blanks for me. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not doing it on record because that, that's what you order. That's a private matter. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I, I just heard you had a, a nice young lady that um, was, was fairly attracted to you in, in the pub in Camelon. That's what I heard. I don't know what you're talking. Um, Set at age. What? I've talked to you at age. Oh, sorry, I thought Kel said what, pub? <laughs> No, I was playing pool. But um, that was after being drinking with Davy and Neely all day, um, including dragon suit beers and halves. So my my mind's a bit foggy. And then I decided that the bright idea was I walked to the walked to the pub and walked home to Camelon to my house. Oh, <laughs> well, I must have floated tame though. So didn't I bet you went through Stenny as well. Sorry. I bet you went who you went home through Stenny as well instead of going past St Mungo's and did that. No, no, I went past St Mungo's. Oh, but at least I had some kind of wits about you then. <laughs> <laughs> if I went through Stenny, it would take me about double the bit of time, surely. Still walking around. <laughs> Just home in time for the podcast, even though it was nearly two weeks ago. What the fuck he's doing drinking in Camelon? That's a hellhole. Oh, we're at Davies watching the football and that, so we just decided that we'd... I think the plan was to go up the town and then we decided not to, so we just went... And what the... bars did you visit in good old Camelon? Is it the Marner Inn? Jesus Christ. Or Marner Bar. Or Marner... The Marner Bar looks like it's been shut down for 30 years. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they had a hen party in the function room, but no guys were allowed to after we tried to go through <laughs> Right, also was... that, if you if someone is having their hen party in the Mariner Bar, that is not the sort of clientele you want to be associated with. <laughs> no, definitely not. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron, that's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! Stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? You moron! Drop dead! Moron! Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! I bet if it was um, more hunky men than us three, then we might have been allowed through, though. Hunky! (laughs) Hunky! (laughs) So, obviously, I I grew up in Cameland and I'm 36 now. When I was a child, the Marner Bar was a shithole that nobody went near, and I don't think it's had a re- it's not been redone <laughs> since I've not been there. Had a lack of paint. <laughs> I mean, it's, those are one of the best pubs. It's probably is one of the best ones as well. At least it was in the Roman Bar. No, it wasn't that one. The one that's um, the, there's a good is it the Canal? It's called the Canal in or something. Canal and Annie Katie's. Oh, is that what that is? Uh. Well, yeah, see, there's yeah. two different ones. There's one that's like the Canal Inn, the one that's like the Union Inn or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... Basically across the street feature. Alright. Oh, I don't right. know the difference between the two. But anyway, that's where we were. And I floated home after it. Good we good we walk. Did you leave with a phone number? Sorry? Did you leave with a phone number? Not I can remember. He's probably sitting in his phone stove that just throws up the text up. <laughs> Maybe I gave her mine. 
Saved under the name. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. Could be saved under Marner Bar. Fuck that. <laughs> Oh, I do, if you're meeting a lady in the Marner's bar, Burns, I'd give that one a, a, a wide berth. I was about to say, is that you speaking for experience, Kyle? No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, Kyle uh, and wide berth will go way back. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm the one that cuts these, eh? That'll be getting blank. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be one time where you actually just cut words feet for what like, Daniel says or I say and just make up a full sentence, and it's just completely misquoting us and just throwing us under the bus. Especially for me, since I didn't really listen to them back that much, you could just do anything with what I see. <laughs> You're getting stitched right up. Well, I tell you what though, guys, that comment will be getting aired. You like that? Like that little segue into this week's movie? Class. Class, yeah. Uh, sheer disappointment in everyone's faces right now. I love it. Uh, welcome into another episode of Morons Reviewing Movies. Uh, this week, yet again, we are only five morons. Uh, Mr. Dubs has decided not to join us once again. We did give him a week to try and get back around to coming uh, to join us for air, but he decided that when Sean picks movies, he's going to take the week off. You can definitely say that he has air dust this week. <laughs> Why does that get a laugh and he says it? When I say it 30 seconds, I'm going to get fucking patched. That's all right, he's going to cut that out anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. I'm gonna put Burnsy's laugh. Yeah, I was gonna say that. You see your one. <laughs> oh, fuck it, that's far too much work. Like I'm gonna put the music at the start and end, and that's it. If you want the promo for Beer Fifty Two, listen to last week's episode as well. Because I'm just gonna cut that and put that in here also. <laughs> Make life easy for me, guys. I'm off. I'm off on holiday for work just now. I'm. I'm busy. Busy <laughs> wanking. <laughs> Your silence is deafening. What the fuck? Just leave that awkward silence to sit in there for to digest that information. Uh, Sean, that and then just going and shite, nearly shitting yourself in the car. That's what you've done, basically. Do you know what? I'm sitting here rubbing hand sanitizer out of my hands just now as well, and I'm just realizing how that looks. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to say rubbing hand sanitizer into my bobby. I was like, <laughs> taking a turn. There was something I saw on Instagram this week, and it was like, this conference call, and that's exactly what it was. It was like, say, for instance, the five years are on the call, and I said, right, I'm away, see you later. But I was like the host of the call and thought I'd turn my camera off. And then the person who was me came back and obviously he's got all the lubing himself up. And then they're all like, no, no, get him off the call and that. And then obviously it cuts off before. They don't show him doing it, but obviously all the office people are like, "This, no, we can't have this. Somebody put him off, but he's like the administrator, so he can't do it. But what, is, what goes through your mind when you've just finished a conference, a Zoom call, a Teams call, Teams meeting, I think, the lot, first things first, I'm going to rip the heat off it. Well, I, I was going to lean into it. Guys, I've got a funny story of relevant to what we're talking about but it's not relevant to that um, <laughs> just a well, one, one tournament that I went to before with the Taekwondo and I'd had pulled my hamstring a couple of weeks beforehand and it was still bothering me so I, I was I had my sparring coming up soon so I went into the toilets and I deep heated like the back of my leg but what I hadn't right. realised is I sat in the cubicle and then just pulled my brakes down my boxers down Sprayed all the deep heat into my the, the back of my leg, 
and then I've pulled them up. As I've pulled them up, my boxers have caught the deep heat and rubbed it all over my boss. <laughs> so I basically was re- like supposed to be fighting in the next like couple of minutes, and somebody had to come find me, and I was sitting in the manor centre, in the toilet with my balls in the sink, trying to wash them to get the deep heat off them. <laughs> Yeah, not a pleasant experience, guys, and I would not recommend it. They would just say that Mariner uh, area of Cape Town in general. Just <laughs> <laughs> across the street. So Burns is in playing pool with Big Bertha, and then I'm watching my boys in the sink. What a lovely place. What a lovely place. We are here to talk about the movie called Air, uh, directed by Ben Affleck. Um, you get five pounds, guys, if you can tell us who's going to be starring in a Ben Affleck movie. Um, ben, this Affleck. Movie, ben Affleck stars in Ben Affleck movies. <laughs> the only time we can get really casted. Um, the movie follows the history of sports marketing executive Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Um, our resident basketball expert had selected this one. <laughs> Um, as someone who's very close to going down the exact same career path as Michael Jordan took, I think it's only right that we come to Sean first. Uh, it was it was Patrick that were after me though. It wasn't it wasn't right. Could have been the face of Patrick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, aye, so I picked this uh, mostly just because I found the. I found the idea of a film about how they came to make about one of the world's most famous kind of trainer brands pretty interesting because it doesn't really seem like it's going to be that exciting. Uh, and also on the back of watching The Last Dance, I don't know if any of you have seen The Last Dance, the, uh, the Chicago Bulls documentary. Like I, I, I watched that during lockdown and I, I thought it was absolutely amazing. And it was my first kind of obviously knew who Michael Jordan was and how much he, because he has a global name, he's a global superstar, but that really just kind of showed just how kind of good he was. I think he's brilliant. Uh, and I, all, all the kind of basketball stuff aside, like I'm not a massive basketball, I don't watch basketball or anything, so to watch that, I find it really interesting. So that was kind of why I chose this. Uh, and I, I did fair enjoy it. Like it's no like fucking five out of five or anything like that, but for what the film's about, I, I thought it was actually kind of put together quite well. I like the fact that it wasn't about, my, it, although it's about getting Michael Jordan, I, I liked how he was never, like his face was never shown, because he's not like the important part in this, it's the story about how like, how they market themselves and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I felt that if you did cast somebody as Michael Jordan, it would maybe take away from what the film was trying to kind of do. They would have been more focused on that actor playing Michael Jordan than what they would have need to have been. Uh, I thought his mum, whoever it was he's played his mum, I've sorry, I've not checked the names of that, but I thought she was brilliant. The way that like she could like uh, even just like the wee facial expressions that she would make like during these kind of pitches that the companies were putting towards them, and like how she was basically taking over and making sure that Michael got the best deal that he could possibly get. And obviously when she phoned uh, Matt Damon and said he wants a cut of every shoe that's sold that's got his name on it, which I went and checked afterwards. I can't remember the figure now because I watched this well over a week ago, but it's just ridiculous how much money he's made off that. It tells you at the end of the film, $400 million a year. 
Aye. <laughs> uh, that's what it does. Uh, which, which is just fucking mind blowing. In 2023, it was recorded as $1.6 billion he's made from it. That's, and that's the figure I've seen. That, that's, that's the one I've seen. Like, I know it's not mentioned in the film, but do they, how much percentage does, or does the, have they not disclosed like, what percentage he actually gets of the earnings? I can only say get a percentage, but. I'd imagine it's like 5% or something like that. Uh, 5%, hang on. Is it? Is it? Is it five percent per shoe or per pair of shoes? Uh, <laughs> that's still five percent. Six for the left and four for the right. So I'm uh, using it at five percent. Uh, anyway, uh, aye. So, uh, in terms of it, it's a, it's a very kind of interesting concept. As I said, I thought Matt Damon was really good in terms of like his conversations with Michael Jordan's agent. I found quite kind of enjoyable. Don't know why. I just quite like their interactions with each other, and just the idea of the 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 lengths that somebody would go to. Obviously, pushing it or just on one boy, like the whole kind of basketball section, and you on one guy. And I, I don't know how accurate it is, and kind of true to story and stuff. Uh, again, I've not really looked into it much. I don't know if any use of, but to think that like, that wouldn't have been anything if it wasn't for this one guy pushing the boat out to go and get Jordan. It, it's quite interesting in itself as well. Uh, but I, like, I, I've not really got anything much in terms of negative to say about it because like, I, I thought it was like a, an easy, enjoyable watch. It wasn't too long. It never dragged on. It had a few interesting characters. Uh, <laughs> although I did find... Uh, oh fuck, what's his name? That's escaped me. Uh, Boy for Russia, well, what's his name again? Oh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. He's another one that kind of plays the same kind of character as well. <laughs> We've obviously spoken about that mm-hmm. last week with Joe Pesce, but uh, Chris Tucker seems to play the same kind of character as well. And I don't know if the character he was playing was like that in real life, but uh, I, I kind of like that, though, because he is very limited in terms of like, his acting skills, obviously. That's why he's playing these characters all the time. He's, he's not like a fucking A-list actor or anything like that, but... I thought he was pretty decent in it. He would have never played that big a part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael Jordan's mum, I thought, was the standout in this. Again, like she's no in it all the time, but I, I just thought the way that, like, just she, she just felt like the boss kind of thing where, like, everything came down to her say so and that. And I, I, I thought whoever played her played that really well. Is it no? Have you seen that... this before? Uh, I hadn't, no. No, I hadn't. I get. Well, I think after it got released, I think we kind of would, somebody would just kind of kept it on the back burner for somebody to pick for this anyway. Same, that's what I was doing. But see the woman you're talking about, Sean, is it her that plays Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad as well, Kyle? Viola Davis. Uh, aye. Viola Davis, aye. He's good. Aye, so I did, I did really like her in this. I'm, I'll jump in with this one, because like, I was... I'm... I don't know if I'm going to be the doom and gloom here, like, but I'm sick, fed up of like biopic films about like companies or fucking like just people. Like, I'm just fed up with bands. Like I'm done with. I think they're just they're just gives some like interesting stories and ideas. Like this is like a small section in the time of a multi-billion-dollar company. Like that's mm-hmm. got sweat. It's got sweatshops around the fucking world. Yeah, and we're all going oh. 
Look at this time where they had to scrape together more money to give half a million to fucking Michael Jordan. Oh, look how hard it was. I don't know. None of this landed for me. Um, I thought Ben Affleck playing the guy who famously wore no shoes. Um, I found him super annoying, like really irritating when he was on the screen. His character just sort of flip-flopped all over the place. Um mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I need to check with the board, need to check with the board. Then by the end, when he should have checked with the board, he's like, fuck the board. <laughs> uh, it's, I, uh, I don't know. I just found it really dull. Like I, I, I didn't think the whole thing was going to just genuinely be them trying to get Michael Jordan to sign a contract. Like I thought there'd be something more to it, but that's all it was. It was an hour and a half trying to get Michael Jordan to sign a contract. And then he signed the contract. And then they say, oh, all those trainers that you know, we sell, those trainers we sell millions and millions of. They did quite well. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why this film was made. I think I'm sort of maybe not as harsh as what maybe you're being on it, Daniel, but I completely get where you're coming from because after, like, I, when I watched it, I did enjoy it. But then after it, I was kind of like, I've not really, like, what... I've not really learned anything or found something that I'd be like, oh yeah, I would tell someone to watch this because this happens or that happens. Like it's definitely a film that once you've watched it, you're not going to watch it a second time and think, oh, that bit was interesting. I remember this bit, this bit was class and whatever. I do agree with Sean as well in terms of I thought um, the woman who played uh, Michael Jordan's mum, she was class in it. But it did seem as if there was just something missing, whether it was more that they could have delved into his maybe childhood upbringing, him becoming a star. I know it's obviously based on him joining Nike, but or they could have maybe had a bit after when he signs a contract because it kind of just obviously comes to a bit an abrupt end as well and it's like oh he signs, alright, then at the end it's like oh he got all this money, blah 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 but no, just, I agree Bunsy, just like even at the start they could have shown like the main guy, Matt Damon, was a scout, right? They could have shown him scouting Michael Jordan for like weeks before it. Do you mean or like a few times like that? And mm-hmm. they could have kept the bit Sean said you didn't see his face, but you just see this guy being fucking amazing. And you see the the reason that they're so hyped up for him, right? But all they do is sit in a room with a load of names on a board and he goes, they'll go, This guy, not, this guy, not, this guy, not. We need to give it all to Michael Jordan. And they show you him making one shot where they just like he makes a shot at the end. And that's it. Like, I don't know. And a bit as well as I thought as well that they, he obviously goes to the house and has a conversation with his mum, which is what, five minutes max? Probably even less than that. And all he says is like, we're going to make the face. You'll go and see Adidas, they'll say this. You'll go and see Converse, they'll say that. And then that's it. And it's as if because he said those couple of things, that was enough to convince him to join Nike. It didn't seem as if there was... It just all seemed a bit... As if there was I a lack of script or something. I don't understand. I don't know exactly what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for something more. It just seemed a bit average to me. I think the thing about what you're saying there about like how he said to her, this is what Adidas will do, this is what Converse will do, it's because they do that with every athlete. They'll mm-hmm. do oh, yeah, have course, the same yeah. pitch for every athlete, whereas what he was saying to her and what she already knew was that this boy's like, your boy's going to be different. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically put a shoe around him and have his like just 
something completely different to what Adidas and Converse will do. Because Converse at the time had like Magic, is it a uh, Magic Johnson and all, and a couple of other, and is it Larry? Fucking hell, man. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Aye, Larry Bird. Right. So like they've probably got like they're like fifty fifty in on name. Whereas with Nike, what he was saying, to his mum was, "We'll put everything in to your son because we believe he's going to be that good," which is what she was wanting. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he. I, I, I like that bit about the pitches because it did make sense to me and the, the fact that they're just going to do the same thing they do for every single athlete that comes through that door. It just seemed a bit too easy though, to, like to get him to to sign the contract. Like it was as if what helm was the pitch they made, like. They had one meeting, then a phone call which says I want a bit extra. I want extra, obviously, with the getting a percentage of the shoe sales and that. They could have maybe went delved a bit deeper at that. Just they should have delved deeper into some kind of area. I think it just seemed a bit just it was fast paced, but then they just gave you a, a small part of everything without really concentrating on one one major one major part of the film. It just it was as if they're trying to cover every single avenue, but not give it the time it deserved. I thought. I do agree on the the aspect of what you and Daniel said about. Because I did think it was going to be a case that Matt Damon no discovered Michael Jordan as such, but there would have been like a bit of like, oh, who's this guy? Like, yeah. he's going to be a superstar. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I, I was a bit kind of disappointed where they were just going through the, the draft picks and saying, oh, we can't afford Jordan, we can't afford this. But mm-hmm. let's go for uh, number 42 on the list, uh, whatever his name was. Like, so I, I completely agree on that. But I, I think, again, like, it's just. They're, they're trying not to put as much focus on a, on Michael Jordan and a film about Michael Jordan, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say is I thought the soundtrack was class in it. Oh, the soundtrack was amazing. The soundtrack that, that, was, that's am- that was probably... The, I, I've said this about our films, I couldn't remember what one it is, but this is this will be one of the best films that I've watched in terms of the soundtrack. And then also, I do agree with you... <coughs> excuse me. Um, what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah, but Chris Tucker, you said, Sean, that how... Even though he was a small part, I've said before how I really think he's class in, in all the films I've seen him. So even though it was a small part, um, I didn't realise he was in this. So that was a nice surprise too. And it's not... I think too, it's like a... It's, for me, even though I do like sport films, it's difficult to get a sports film that's going to score really highly for me, I think, because you, with this one, obviously, you have an idea of how it's going to go. So you can't be shocked as much too. Um. And it's not. It's going to be quite difficult for me to score a sports film that's going to be like above a four or something like that. Because I think it's been the one we watched. What was the basketball one we watched recently? Coach Carter. Aye, I think only scored that like three and a half or something, and that was really good. This isn't. This isn't anywhere near as good as that. But there wasn't. I think when we reviewed it, there was many downsides. I said for Coach Carter, it's just that I wasn't blown away with it because partly because maybe it is a sports film, and I find those difficult to actually blow my way in. Did you not give Did you not give Zocchi over the four? Can't remember, but that's loose. I would say that's a lot more loosely based on sport. Was it? I, a fictional well, sport movie I, could still add enough to the storyline to drag mm-hmm. it in the movie. Whereas these, this for me should have been a documentary. It should not mm-hmm. have been a yeah. feature film. Uh, I mean, yeah. there was only one part of this film which I was kind of impressed with uh, as in the, in the storyline sense was the bit where 
Matt Damon's watching a video and he notices the play through Jordan's high school match where it centres around time in the dying seconds of this game to win that match. And I think to myself, why the fuck are you in your job noticing that you are in the completely fucking wrong line of business? You should be working for a franchise in the NBA, being able to notice talents. If you can notice that one thing that nobody else seemed to notice, sure, huh? but he noticed that. But obviously, uh, it comes in at the end that he's going to achieve great things. And obviously, I don't know if any of you have watched the Netflix documentary, the Johnny Football. About no. This guy was like a young, up-and-coming quarterback, like the high school, like fucking all-American player. But he was so, because high school sports is stuck so fucking massive in the States, he was getting like all these, uh, and it's all, you didn't get paid, even though you're representing them and your school money, you didn't get paid, fuck all. So he was making a wee bit of side hustle, like going to events, meeting greets, signing autographs and stuff like that, and then eventually it all clapped down and then uh, kind of kind of lost it all and kind of ended up, he's now sort of turned his life around a bit and he's now like a, helps uh, young up-and-coming athletes now, but the court case that they mentioned at the end of the film on this kind of ties back into that is to help up-and-coming athletes get money that they're due for representing so they can get sponsorships in LA and stuff like that. I mean, obviously it's helping the fucking, someone find the next job and potentially to then make money off it, but it's also helping young athletes earn money instead of just being exploited by their schools and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite good just because I watched that document now recently before this, that kind of made sense. But back to this, I, we just, as we know with Matt Damon, you know what you're getting. You're going to get a great, solid performance for what it is. This, there's so many other cogs available. And I know, and I think what Sean touched on with the last dance at the start, I think we love that because it's documented, it's true to life. You see the action, you get brought in. You know the, the outcome, but it's still great to go back and watch. And I think, obviously, the, Whatever they did with the release of that, they timed it perfect as if they almost knew there was a global pandemic coming that would have folk in <laughs> watching it, talking about it, and it was great. And I think that's why this doesn't hit the mark because we've already seen the greatest achievement. We're interested in Michael Jordan, the athlete and the person, not the guy from Nike who got a shoe towards him. Like, as a sports fan as we are, Jordan's of the least interesting aspect of Michael Jordan's life that we want to know or learn about. And that may be because I'm a Nazi-loving, three-stripe-wearing Adidas fan. <laughs> but <laughs> for me, the subject matter didn't come across as something that needed to be explored in a feature-length film, as I've said. But again, I can't fault some of the performances, as we touched on Viola Davis, Matt Damon, the soundtrack, again, can't be faulted. I thought that was fucking outstanding, but it's kind of something what Bumsy's saying. It's it's not it's never going to score high, but but I don't understand, I still don't understand why this was made just to for Ben Affleck's ego and nothing else. There was no other reason to bring this movie to the table for me. In fact, that might even have been more enjoyable as a documentary and I could have just went on Spotify and put on an 80s playlist if I was that desperate to listen to 80s music. <laughs> ah, yeah, it did feel a very, it didn't feel like there was a worldly story anywhere. Like, yeah. And this is why I'm getting a bit fed up with all these films. I feel like they must be running out of 
like celebrity slash business slash stuff like that stories to tell that are actually interesting. So there's even to... just creative minds in general, because everything that comes out now is either an adaptation of something that's already happened, or it's reboot or rehash a film that someone's already made. There's no, there's no, there's nowhere near as much originality coming in to anything these days into any of the arts. No, you're right, and I like. I'm just fed up with these, and there's going to be more than more. Like we were talking recently, there was a Blackberry movie about the Blackberry phone. Like, how low are you going to go? Like, what are you going to do? The inventor of the Rubik's Cube is going to be on it. Like, Doctor <laughs> Rubik. Like, there might actually be a film. We've done. We've had those detectives films about it as well. Eh? Like, how? And there's been the Grand Theft Auto sort of docu films. Like, what is left to explore the creative story behind it? Just it's. It's, it's becoming, I think it's because there's come so much, we numb ourselves, nothing's shocking or ground, groundbreaking in any of these films. You can go on Wikipedia and find it there, so it's like, there's nothing new getting brought to the table here. How does a free case of beer sound from the Citizen Kane of craft beer subscriptions? There's nothing better than enjoying a great movie with a great beer and our pals at Beer52 are offering you a free case of beer to do just that. Simply go to www.beer52.com forward slash morons. That's beer52.com forward slash M-O-R-O-N-S. And all you have to do is cover the meagre postage of £5.95 to claim your free case of eight unique craft beers. Beer 52 is the biggest beer club in the world. Each month their beer experts carefully curate a, a case of incredible beers from a different part of the world for their members to enjoy. This week I had the pleasure of enjoying the beers that came from Chile. A section of beers that I would never have picked if I'd seen them in any supermarket. So I was very pleased to try these and I was very impressed with the choices that I did get. And I'll certainly be purchasing more of these beers. If you would like to try out the beers, like I say, join the link on beer52.com forward slash morons and enjoy. As morons, bid you farewell. Uh, That's it. Just to, to chip about my thought, I do think everything's been pretty well covered and I think listening to what you guys are saying actually makes more sense of this being a good documentary rather than a good movie. It's, I, I really, I did enjoy it because I, I do enjoy this. I like hearing about these, like this is one individual who's really pushed something he believed in and it's been a master stroke, right? That, I like the story aspect of that and the success story that comes with it. But I actually can't remember much in the movie that really got me overly excited, other than some really good acting performances. Um, Matt Damon and Vito Davis are, are excellent in it. Um, they're very good. It is, it's just solid. It's reliable. It's one you, if it was on and you had nothing else to watch, you would watch it mm -hmm. without giving too much attention to it. Um, it's really funny because I would probably describe this as a nice packet of ready salted crisps, Sean. <laughs> no, ready salted crisps are much better than this film. <laughs> it just fits in with, with the movies that Sean would, Sean would select in his personality. But it's it's not it's it's not a bad movie. It's not a boring movie. There's a lot of things that are quite interesting. I like the little 
the bit when they're going through making the shoe and the guy that makes it's quite good, like he's quite engaged and quite like those scenes. Maybe I like to see a wee bit more of that. Um, I like the negotiation side of it. I like the reveal of the shoe. I like the fact you don't actually show you Michael Jordan up. Like you don't see his face. You don't get any engagement from him. I quite like that because the stories, although it's about his shoe brand, it's not really about him. Mm-hmm. So I quite like the fact that you don't have that in it. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia in it as well. The one thing that I just really didn't like from it was Ben Affleck. I just the hair put me off straight away. I couldn't I couldn't take the wig. Um I found the character, like you said, you mentioned earlier as well, Daniel, super annoying. The fact that he just did not get it as well. Um but I just want I I wonder, and it probably jumps into the point that you said there, Hunter, about why did I wait so late to get these athletes involved as well? Because Jordan was a third pick in the first round of the draft. Like, and with how big the college basketball is in America, why has it been so long until they can sign up? They're just not allowed to. Well, what's that? Yeah, sorry, just not allowed to. Are they just not allowed to sign them before no. they're drafted. No, no there has to be, no, there's like a deadline for sponsorships when they're drafted, and that they have to. It's not like a case where you can sign them like a year before. They, be due to draft to the, to the NBA or that. All right, because kind of similar to when these teams are courting them when they're at high school, they've come and making the pitches and all that as well. So it's pretty much as soon as you're signed in, both all the money gets flung at you at that point. Plus, they were guessing the the pick numbers. They weren't. That wasn't the actual draft picks mm-hmm. on that board. They were guessing who was going to pick who. Um, at that point, that wasn't like the set in stone ones that hadn't been yet at that point. Well, I looked at the actual draft there, so Jordan was fourth as well. Um, but it just, it's, it's always interesting because Nike obviously downplayed what they are. Obviously, we know them now as this huge, amazing, big brand, but obviously back then they were they were a smaller player at the time. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of knew their place at that point and they've taken someone to really put his name and career on the line to say, no, we're better than this. We can get bigger. We can get better. Um, so we're saying they were small, but they, they must have been worth nearly a billion just in oh. London. They were saying, I mean, like just for right. jog shoes and that. So I think they were doing all right. Is it, I the, think the they made a comment though that they were actually, they were just saying how their basketball business was shite. And that's why they're thinking about pulling out. I think they probably they, maybe put Nike then, maybe in the bracket, maybe on par with something like Puma or something new. Just maybe even in, less. In the conversation, but nowhere maybe near the top of the mm-hmm. chart. I think maybe that's more where they were sort of saying they were because like the, the, the conversations when they were they were discussing what they do with their budget and then they're talking to <coughs> Matt Damon about about obviously how he used to the budget's getting cut the budget's getting cut and all that kind of stuff because obviously previous years they've not done well enough but I think it was more because they made a comment about how many I, I can't remember what numbers they said but in terms they said obviously they sell all these trainers and whatever but so much percent is coming from they can relate back to their mm-hmm. basketball and so much is like with that and like they're basically saying basketball is pointless unless we actually start making money at the basketball division. So I think at that point they did sort of make it clear that they were obviously quite successful, but it was just in that particular area there was talk of them just getting rid of everyone and then obviously mm-hmm. having the conversation with a guy who's is sort of right hand man or I don't know if it was right hand man but the guy who's obviously said that he's got a kid and he takes our trainers every weekend and all that kind of stuff and he's obviously saying that 
if this doesn't work out, then I'm going to be at a job and obviously I'm not going to be able to afford to maybe go and see his daughter as much as he does or whatever and stuff like that. So I think that was where they were, where they were going with it. So probably what you said about Puma is probably quite accurate. It says here um, that when they had agreed to do the Jordan deal with him in 1984, Nike's plan was to make $3 million in the next four years off the back of Jordan sales. As of 2022, they were making $3 million every five hours. <laughs> but it's mental when you look at the consider the fact that where Nike is now or wherever Nike even was in the 90s, the noughties, like, especially in the other sports, that the Jordan deal was the launch pad for all that. Like, you think about, like, iconic, even, like, the football bits, like, the R9, uh-huh. like, silver and blue football boots, like, obviously, they've got Chris, had Cristiano Ronaldo on that day, that these things came off the launch pad to what the Jordan deal done for them. And then, like, yeah. there was a guy that was wore them as a runner before Jordan, which helped them get the first sort of big deal, give them that, and then, and then this again, and then obviously they're just like they're over now, overtaking Adidas now, but they put they're the number one because fucking every fucking Spice Boy, Spice Girl, fucking uh, fucking Air Jordan Panda pump fucking shite shoes. I'm an I'm a Adidas man myself, I'm an Adidas boy, like Adidas. Smith man there, hey Hunter. <laughs> what was that? Stan Smith till you die. Yes. I'm still rocking the Patrick because he was ready to get <laughs> I was actually, that was the comment I meant to make that ironically when I was talking about the deal with R9 and Ronaldo that when the Jordan deal got happened, Patrick were probably a decent pair of football bits at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Lloyd's up responsibly. Yeah. I recommend that. The Zola not have a pair of Patrick's too. Somebody, uh, no, Zola had a lot of a lot of that's before Daniel supported Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Zola was one of my favorites. I think Zola was still there in 2003 to be fair to Daniel. He only had Zola, Zola left the year, <laughs> Zola left the year before about well, the summer of about taking over. As if the only reason you knew about him is because Abramovich tried to get him back and then he'd find it, the Kagler or wherever he was. He'd already agreed to go somewhere else, sorry. Aye. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> is, that um, our thoughts on, is that our thoughts on air? I, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty well covered, guys. It was a, it was a good movie. Uh, would it be a much better documentary? Um, it didn't... The acting performances of... Two main people were good. I didn't really need that for the story. Um, it is quite a small part of the story. It's essentially about a guy that just went against the rules, went with his gut, isn't it? And they, mm-hmm. it, it paid off, and that's kind of yeah. that's it done. They didn't really. There isn't really much more to it. Um, it's one that I would I would watch again. I I, I fairly enjoyed this. I enjoyed this a lot more than I did last week's movie. I'll give you that. Well, Dink, is there any chance this uh, overtakes uh, Moneyball as your many seen sports movie? Absolutely not. Moneyball, I would put back. I, do you know what? I might put Moneyball in tonight. I love Moneyball. <laughs> Moneyball is far clearer this one, but this was a, this was a good oh, choice. Moneyball was amazing. Well, he's all shaking his head at Moneyball's great. I'm shaking my head at you saying you're going to put it on the night. 
Not to watch over and over again to watch. Because you both had watched it this afternoon. Do you know what I watched last night? I put a movie on last night, not realising how long it was. I didn't check. Put John Wick 4 on. And it's like two hours and 40 minutes or something. Somebody killed another dog. There is a dog in it, but no. <laughs> it's, it's just mindless violence for two two and a half hours with a really, really strange backstory. Um, it was... Is what you expect it to be. But it's one of those ones, I was like an hour and a half in, I was like, surely this is finishing soon because my eyes are just a bit done here. But there was another hour in it and I couldn't even watch it all. That was me till about two o'clock this morning watching John Wick 4. <laughs> oh dear. I'm in my bed by 10 o'clock these days. Rock and roll, guys. Yeah. Rock and roll. The morons are party animals for their manners bar and came to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> No, I know. I can. I o'clock as well last night. Prepare myself for my big night tonight. <laughs> oh, what, what you go on after this? You see Mrs. Marner Bar? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a school night, so I'll be in my bed by ten o'clock again. <laughs> when you, Daniel, see when you release the scores for this movie, can you take a picture of the Marner's Bar for Google and uh, put it, put it on this as well? <laughs> yeah. Show the absolute hellhole that Burnsy was in. Don't we find even 12, hopefully there's some like scathing reviews of it on Google with it. <laughs> Add it alongside it. It's got a four four and a half stars on Facebook for 10 votes. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, I think uh, we should get some trivia on air, Hunter. Yes. Uh, all feed into how much money they made. Uh-huh. Yeah, so apart from we've already talked about over all the money there, so it was actually Chris Tucker's uh, first film role in seven years, and I thought it was quite a... It was a welcome relief on screen. It was nice to know he was still doing well. Um, Viola Davis and Julius Tennant, who play Michael Jordan's parents, are married in real life. Oh. Um, to create the 1980s candid look, Ben Affleck shot some 18 and 16 mil footage to create an archive look. He had also done this before on Argo. Um, and the scene where Dolores calls Nike to inform them that Michael would accept their offer, the camera pans across to show Matt Damon at his desk on top of his computer as a model of a Shelby Cobra. Matt Damon played the role of Carol Shelby in Ford versus Ferrari, so the remodel of the car that he helped design oh. in a previous film. Oh. I just did it as well, Hunt. Like, I don't know if we've discussed this before, just when you mentioned about Chris Tucker. Did we did we know that there's going to be a Russia 4? Uh, that's been talked about for years. I don't know if we've it's mentioned it. It's in development, though. I know, it says, I, I just clicked on Chris Tucker there. In fact, was, was it not in development when we reviewed Russia? Or... The night of snake, lads, the <laughs> night of snake, it may be a while. Ah, that's true. I, th- I think we should still go have a morons day out to go see it anyway. Yeah, and also we stand with the nighters. Uh, if we're going to go and see Russia or 4, we'll need to watch Russia or 3 first. Yeah, that's true. I'll, well, I'll does... take that. It doesn't sound promising from the trivia for Russia 4 here. It says Jackie Chan has admitted that he's not interested in reprising his role as Lee. He said it would take a really good script for him to do it. Chris Tucker, on the other hand, has said that he'll join without even looking at the script. 
There was also an article that says that Jackie Chan says it's in the works. Oh, fuck. Oh, well. Um, December yeah. 2022. So I don't know if your article's fair, fair for that, though, Kel. I'm, uh, I'm busy that night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you busy with uh, your uh, deep heat? In the cube? Well, I was in the sink that night. <laughs> Last couple of tidbits of trivia here. So Amazon had originally planned for the film to get a streaming only release on Prime Video. However, the film was screened for test audiences and scored much higher than anticipated, prompting them to give the film a theatrical release in the United States and bleed their citizens of even more money. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Peter Moore, um, the original designer of the Air of Jordan, um, the ball with wings logo, and the famous silhouette of Michael Jordan jumping died in April 22, three weeks before filming began. However, he did leave Nike in 1987 to join rivals Adidas, where he redesigned the Adidas logo to the current version. He stayed there until 1998. Nice. So he's the guy we've got to blame or maybe thank that they bring back all these originals we released because they turned it into the three stripes rather than the wee trefoil. They mentioned right. his death in the film, and I think it's on just comes up on the screen, but they didn't mention obviously the Adidas bit. So uh, I don't know what to celebrate the fact he jumped ship and got yeah, more money. Exactly. <laughs> Judas. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get scoring this one then, guys. Who's Sean, first? it was your selection. Are you still with us? Yeah, so here, uh, my score is a 3.25. A 3.25 from Sean. Hunter? Uh, I'll go 2.5. 2.5. Burnsy? 2.75. 2.75. Daniel? 1.5. I'll, uh, I'll double Daniel and I'll go to a 3, please. You've had some some couple of films to watch, Daniel. Really not either. I really not enjoyed either. They were both really dull to me. Like I wasn't excited by either of them. But <laughs> sure, this has been the biggest chore of like a couple of films for me in a long time. Like, what the next? What the next two? The we'll come to that in a second. Bunsy, what does that do to the overall scoring? Two point six. Two point six. So this puts this joint 134th alongside Ace Ventura, Pet Detective and The Omen. They're both much better than this. The Omen was fucking god-awful, so um, as much as I've watched here. Or Moneyball. Next two movies coming up then, Daniel is eager to hear. Uh, it is the last two movies in this cycle of seen and unseen um, so we have got Leon the Professional. Oh, aye. Who picked that again? Dubs. You'll need to come on. He will actually have to attend before it's not through his movies. Uh, and I've picked my scene pick, which was Requiem for a Dream. Well, that's going to be a big couple of weeks. Which is going to be an interesting one to hear the reviews on Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> there are a few things in life that you must check. You must check your wages are in the bank at the end of the month. You must check one of your friends hasn't made an illegal transfer in your fantasy league. And you must also check 
Cojones Scotland have the website for you to learn how to do just that. Head over to cojonesscotland.org for your self-help guide on how to check your bollocks. I've never even heard that, but I can just imagine because it's Kyle, it's going to be fucking murder. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. You might love it. <laughs> well, what I would say is, I think it doesn't seem like the type of movie I would pick. Well, that's good then. I'll probably like that. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you excited by it, right? I'm going to read you the what IMDb says here. It says, The drug-induced utopias of four Coney Island people are shattered when their addictions run deep. Seems right. <laughs> Have we got any early selections for the next list of seen and unseen guys? No. I've picked a scene. I might, I might have my scene one, because what was the film I went to see at the cinema myself? Oh, oh, Jennifer oh I picked that. <laughs> <laughs> I picked that, I've seen it. Oh, have you? <laughs> uh, fuck, I can't mind. can't mind what it's called. You Can Do It or some Is shit that like good? that. <laughs> You can do it. It's <laughs> that the guy that's in all the Adam Sandler movies. It was that even I can't even remember what it was. Some bullshit like that, though. I uh, I picked my scene for the next series. Do you want to know what it is? Yep. Uh, Jurassic Park. Oft. Heavy hitter. Yes. Has anyone not seen Jurassic Park? Me. Oh, come on. Yes, I'm buzzing. <laughs> Oh, what? You're gonna... Yes. See, I was like, everyone's it's like Home Alone. You've never owned it, but you've seen it. Oh, Jurassic Park, oh man! I can't, I can't wait for somebody to see it for the first time. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, I can't. I did put in the chat previously about seeing it on scenes. I think I was looking at a uh, tenant for. Uh, oh, I when you mentioned that. And I also mentioned the uh, cocaine beer. Again that week. I really hope you don't pick Tenet. It, it, right, it I'll find my film. It's called No Hard Feelings. That was the film that I watched. Went to some. Um, but I have just been the scene Barbie, so I might have to pick that as a scene pick, guys. I would like that. I would like you to pick All Barbie. Right. Oh, I, 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 I messaged uh, Dobbs and says that because we were both up on Monday and said that we end up going bowling instead. But I says like, at the cinema, there was only like, a couple of films that were on, like, during the day. One of them was Barbie's response was, I'm not going to fucking see Barbie. Or <laughs> 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 oh, something of that ilk. <laughs> so I'm sure will be delighted if it gets picked. <laughs> something not that pleasant. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, I will need to get thinking about uh, a movie... Um, a good friend Chris from what we were watching tonight had recommended for me to watch It Follows. Um, I'd seen the trailer yeah. for it recently and fancied watching that actually. Yes, pick that, pick that. Burns would like it, I like it. It's a good horror film. Sean will love it too. No, <laughs> Chris, no, Chris. It's a bit, I would say it's like a better, better version of Smile. No, we watched Smile recently. I'd say it's a better version of that. I like Smile as well, so... I see that, but better. You'll like it better. It is certainly under consideration if I can't find any kind of 80s cheesy movie that I've not watched that I fancied. 
good shout as well. I need more of those. Um, have you seen Bloodsport? I've seen Bloodsport. Aye. Oh, of course, of course. I was like, that's really weird biopic. to say that. I was sitting reading the other day about Frank Dukes. Because uh, it, it was on Michael Bisbon was talking about him on Twitter the other day there. Randomly was researching Bloodsport. Um, I, for my scene pick, guys, the one that's seriously under consideration at the moment is Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. Still a bit different. Just if, if you haven't seen that. No. Don't well, think we I'm don't do that. <laughs> if it will. Yeah, let people know very soon. Well, we will discuss it in our chat and let's get deciding, guys. Uh, well, we'll see you on our next episode, which will be, as mentioned, Leon the Professional and Requiem for a Dream. Um, please jump onto the Instagram. I've probably inserted the advert anyway about the okay. competition that we're running, so jump in and get involved. As morons do, however, bid you farewell. It's nearly my bedtime in two minutes. Is it hard? It's a hard cut at 10 o'clock, Ned. Deadline. Cut off. You've got 90 seconds left. There's something you can fit in in that time before you go to bed. Yeah, deep heat on. Rub rub my um, hand sanitizer on. (laughs) I've jumped. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! Stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.